Dear Journal, Oh boy, this new girl just moved into the, the town one over, Hazelnut, directly adjacent to Bluffington, and she's got all three of my hairs standing on end. Forget Patty Mayonnaise, this Pepper Ann Pearson is one hot tamale. She's my kind of gal. Her hair is so vibrant and colorful, even though, to be honest, Hazelnut is a little bit drab and dreary for my tastes. I think she's going to be hanging out at the Honker Burger tomorrow. I can't wait to come up to her and tell her my new joke. I have my sweater vest pressed and everything. Boy Journal, I think this is going to be the start of something great. Dear Diary, I just went into Bluffington the other day, and I saw this really cool guy. He was wearing this green sweater vest, and he just he was just so awkward and nervous. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, but there was this weird time where he just kind of zoned out for a little bit and just started looking at me. Or I, I, I hope he was looking at me. Anyway, I'm going to go back again soon and maybe I'll run into him. Dear Captain's Log, I've decided to set fire to the Honker Burger. I'm going to trick that new girl into it, and then I'm going to get Doug in there. They'll fall in love and burn down among the building. <laughs> hey, Skeeter. Nice honk. <laughs> No, that's me. Oh. Who is she, and why does she have her own song? Did someone take my lunch? Power up. <laughs> Go team. Planet. Is that the Tom Sawyer? What is that? No, his mind is not for rent. Ugh. And he think this government. Yeah, I, I had a bit of a long day as well. Tell me all about your long day. Yeah. Um, we had a field trip today. That's and... so weird to hear out of your mouth. What? <laughs> you, a grown-ass man, went on a field trip. That's so, <laughs> so crazy to hear. I got to milk a cow. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we went to, to, into Boston to check out the MFA in a college. The um, motherfucking association. <laughs> I bet the kids like that. It's the, well, they, they like the art. Um, you know, I was, <laughs> we were looking at it. Uh, what was it? The was Museum like, of Forensic Art? F- fine art. Sure. Yeah, and there was like a, like a few weapons, and I was just looking at that, and I was looking at another kid, and I was like, you ever watch that show, Deadliest Warrior? It's <laughs> like, yes. Hell yes, sir. Um, Maybe, we, we will like, you please adopt me? <laughs> um, and things to that effect, you know. And so they just couldn't stop taking selfies. I don't get this culture. Neither do I. And it wasn't even like selfies with the art in it. No. Just like they were just taking selfies near art no you know what it is it's like uh like like put yourself at dinner for a sec okay put myself aware at dinner you're you're sitting down you're eating dinner let's say it's at a diner you felt like treating yourself you're not eating dinner with anyone so you're not talking to anyone what are you yes. doing probably reading right let's say you didn't bring a book 
probably reading. Like on your phone? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, uh let's say you're walking around, you know? You you got to walk reading. somewhere. Yeah, you're probably using your phone to some degree, right? Yeah. It's just like the it's the modern equivalent of like twiddling your thumbs. It's just but you're, that's you're not wasting what was your going time. on. But that's like they're at an art on. museum where they're not they're not even they don't need to do shit. Like their 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 brains are just like, okay, free time that I don't got to think about stuff. Time to fill the time so that, until I go home. I've done that before. It's just like I have to fill time somehow. This is the most engaging way that will get me out of out of boredom land, you know? But how many pictures of themselves standing next to their friends smiling do they need? Not nearly as many of them standing next to their friends grimacing. Yeah. It builds the <laughs> tension. I get why people want you to smile for pictures. I just don't I, I just can't muster <laughs> don't, up don't want. I just can't muster up the strength to. Like I'm not getting no anything out of the it. picture. And you know, it it feels dishonest as well. There's like a whole <laughs> there's a whole slew of reasons that I just don't smile for pictures. I it's, I it's think not just that any given jackass. Any given occasion should have one picture with everyone smiling and looking nice all together, and every other so picture on. in the universe should be candid. Candid how? Like like not posed for camera. Oh sure yeah so yeah I I don't know what it is. Like, I, I still think it's probably just, like, they need to waste time somehow. They have their phones, and social media is a thing that the kids are really into. Like, if they weren't doing that, they would do Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just how you waste time in this generation, you know? And they don't really want to take the pictures. <laughs> it's, it's it's a compulsion. And, yeah, it's they're very sick, Zane. If I can get into the teenage mind. You can get into the teenage mind. The brain is made up of billions of neurons. <laughs> what is that from? Um, uh, I feel like I've heard that exact sentence in that cadence. Yeah, before. I definitely took it from something, and I don't recall what. <laughs> nice. I just like I just like the sound. Like it, there's a droning to it. It sounds like uh like in in a cartoon where like somebody is about to. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shut up. It, it's like when somebody is a, is given the choice to do something productive with their family or volunteer or something, and their only alternative is to watch bad, boring TV. And then you mm-hmm. hear, like, next up, the 24-hour marathon on our brains. <laughs> there are over 100 billion neurons in the human brain. <laughs> and they, they... Which is, uh, which if you, I mean, that's the only fact about the brain we know. That's, that's all we know. How can, it's like you know, a, pre- a pencil can't draw on itself. You can't think about your own brain. Same thing. <laughs> That's wrong on a lot of levels. Dang, get ready for our episode today. I'm gonna be like I'm so ready. I'm gonna be like this the whole time. I'm glad because I don't know what to say about this show other than it's Doug. If you can, if you can talk about the production, I can kind of take care of everything else. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> what is going on? It sounded like a house of cards like fell down the blinds. Yeah, poor Kevin Spacey. Like, his That's leg, his leg just healed. You know, it's like I spilled water on something. Like not even recently, but I just noticed it. <laughs> it's like on my desk. It's like put to my left. What was the shuffling sound about? I was moving some papers out of the way from getting even more wet. <laughs> um, it's like that vomit bag that I used to have. <laughs> Did you have a vomit bag for road trips? This is back in college. Um, 
I think I've told you about this where where I was You certainly haven't. I was living somewhere over the summer and um like, <laughs> like a hobo <laughs> under <laughs> a bridge and a sweetmate like had a party. Yeah. And for like weeks something would smell like it would smell and we were like oh somebody must have vomited on the floor <laughs> and we spent so much time like cleaning the floor and doing that and like oh man like this like this smells never going away and then i like was like unplugging like the tv and some video game stuff that i was like borrowing from a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just a garbage bag filled with month old vomit oh god <laughs> and, I, and i like pick it up and i'm like what's this and, it was, and just like the worst squishing and i'm like oh, oh my god oh! that is horrific <laughs> and all of the equipment smelled oh. after that like i cleaned it as best i could and here's the thing i had i was just about to move into like a smaller room um for the second half of the summer, because that's just the way that the the um, the program I was I was doing worked out, and so it's me in this confined small room with everything I own because I had to put you know the TV and all that stuff in boxes. I mean, and I only had so many boxes. <laughs> Can't get more boxes. That <laughs> sounds like the worst excuse ever. <laughs> I think I was just lazy, and I eventually just got used to this sickly sweet smell oh, in my God. room <laughs> and every time i would walk into my room after that i'd be like mm. <laughs> daddy's home and now i like cheese yeah um, good dismount I, I i found that that is a thing with david you and i that like i'm not sure how it manifested from our parents because they're, they're pretty you know responsibility you should clean your room like i mean like their actual parents actual i didn't know about this bag (laughs) no but like no that's not the idea like the thing is um we're extremely adaptable to our own like crappy limits (laughs) like (laughs) like situations that are like unacceptable for normal people we just kind of we just kind of deal with yeah like uh the other night i was working at school because i had to get some stuff done and um I was going to nap on the couch until the morning, but Mark was already there because he was doing some work. So I'm like, oh, I got, I, it's like one in the morning. It's like, or it's like two in the morning. I'm not going to bike home and then bike back in the morning now. What do I do? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you what, this is a perfectly good floor here. And so I just like bedded down on the floor without a <laughs> pillow and just yeah. slept on the floor. <laughs> just like not a thing I can see any of my classmates doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're pretty not great. I like how I started this conversation off by, like, complaining about the damn kids today. And we are every bit as bad. We just don't show it in front of other people. Well, we're bad in, like, ways that are not obvious cross, like, cross-section a large segment of the population. Like, the yes. issues that we bring to the table are, like, 0.02%. Right. Like, they just don't come up enough for you to actually put it on the roster of things shit needs to get fixed. We are the 1%. Sort of. It is really roundabout. Like, we're definitely the most destructive that. people, but there's just not <laughs> enough of us to matter. Right. Like, what do you want to deal with? Like, two cockroaches or like 800 ants? It's <laughs> a great analogy, Zane. You're, you're the cockroaches in this scenario. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the shoe. <laughs> um, uh, we, should, we should talk about Pepper Ann. Uh, the show. Yes, yeah, no, I know why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, though. Um, 
Yeah. I thought you forgot. I thought you thought we were talking about Doug again. Oh, I kind of want to just talk to Skeeter for a while. You do a pretty good Skeeter. You Skeet What do you want to well. know, Ben? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Let me read your fortune. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, listener. This is, yes. yeah, um, this is the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. And I'm Zane. And, uh, we, we are here to talk about old cartoons and, uh, th- see what we think of them now that we're older. Uh, we're the Carton Cast. Who are we and why do we get our own podcast? <laughs> I, somebody stole my lunch. <laughs> I, I stole your lunch. I fucking knew it. It's got my name on it, asshole. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> I just turned the Z, uh, the B into a Z. No one's the wiser. I use the deli meats to grease the banister so people fall down. Say, <laughs> <laughs> if you keep doing Skeeter, I'm going to keep doing Craig. <laughs> Fucking Craig. <laughs> hey, Zane. Nice mic. Oh, that, that one sounded a little bit more sensual than I intended. But I think that's the idea behind his character, so hey, it's Mike. fine. Nice Zane. Zane. Um, myself. Yeah, so we're looking at, um, Pepper Ann. Pepper Ann. Female dog. The female, and, and the comparison was immediate. Yeah. And never left. It was so obvious that this was just female dog. Like, and we're watch gonna get five seconds it of it. In depth. We will. Um, this is gonna be me... like a sort of, uh, I think it's gonna be sort of a fairly, fairly odd parents, Jimmy Neutron sort of deal where the, the, the two, the two shows are so closely intermingled, it's impossible not to just use them as, use one as a contrast to the other. And I, and I feel weird because we've done a lot of those recently, I feel. Like, like we have been talking about one show while doing another show. It's just the most but relevant example. I'm not saying it, that we're really out, is. that we're starting out with that show right. in mind. It's just impossible not to draw the comparison because it's so yeah. relevant. It's so obvious. Let's try, and, let's try and get all the Doug out of the way and then see what else this show has to offer. Yeah, this show is very different from Doug in one core facet. Like, I mean, style and presentation and content aside, it focuses on a young girl. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect that to, like, you know, men, men and women really aren't that different, you know? You know what I'm saying, folks? But... <laughs> The uh, <laughs> like the reverse stand up comedian in my eyes. <laughs> the reverse stand up comedian who just makes broad sweeping statements about people being people regardless of gender. Um, <laughs> like that has a that has a huge impact on how the show is phrased, and um and we'll get into it a little down the road. But uh, Zane, tell us sure. tell us how we got Pepper Ann. Well, uh, Pepper Ann ran on ABC and Toon Disney from uh. 1997 to 2000 which was you know several years after primetime doug Mm -hmm. um but it was actually based off of a comic strip in ym magazine which is a teen girls magazine i didn't know that yeah um so i don't i don't know how long ago that was i think you know it it probably wasn't that long before it turned into a tv show was this one before uh brand spanking new doug I think Brent Spankin' New, if I remember, is like ninety six. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that up real quick. Okay. Man, the, how would you expect to spell that Brand Spankin' New? Like, how would you expect to spell Spankin' with an apostrophe? Exactly. They don't do that. Is that weird? They say spanking. They say spanking. Ben, how many TV shows include the word spanking in the title? That really fucking bums me out. I don't know. Why don't you <laughs> check that one up? <laughs> okay. Um, there's a Doing research. Con- there's a series conclusion on the show, during the show. 
Brand spanking new. Where is it? That 70s show spanking compilation? That's not what I wanted. <laughs> Are you certain that's not what you want? I think I need that. Disney's Doug. Okay, Disney's Doug started uh, at on 1996. So this e- even the Disney's Doug began before uh, before Pepper Ann. There's a huge list of shows that include spanking, Zane. but none of them have it in the title. Uh, what was that one show? Oh, uh, wait, kick, wait, kick Do- asso, but ass kiski. There was one show called Dottie Get Spanked. That's the only other spank. In the title that I can see. That sounds like one of those Freddy Get Fingered things, which is like, that's probably a pun for something that sounds dirty, and then it's just straight up dirty. Or something that meant something earlier. Maybe. Sorry, what were you saying about Doug? I was saying that it was uh, the, the, the Disney's Doug, brand spanking new Doug, mm-hmm. uh, was was done in 1996 at the okay. beginning. So I guess it actually... So this was in Vogue. Uh, Vogue? It, it was the thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> Zane, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that colloquialism. <laughs> oh, the kids are rubbing off on me. It was tight at the time. Z- you're like, say. you're like fluctuating fifty years into the past and and future. Um, You've become yeah. unstuck in time, Zane. Okay, so let me say, uh, Brand's making new Doug and Pepper Ann were contemporaneous. You happy? Not really. <laughs> eh, you're never happy. Now, now I'm like imagining you with like an old time blaze, old old timey blazer and jet boots. Okay, so what? Uh, <laughs> so Pepper Ann. Uh, yeah. So, so what is this show about exactly? This show, much like Doug, it's about this young girl growing up, and this this follows the sort of arc that was necessary at the time in which you know it was y7 it was for disney it's a family show it, there's this thing called ei educational and informational which is like the standards and practices of t- children's television mm-hmm. um and it requires that this is why we get so many morals of course which i think right. we already kind of knew but we didn't have a like a uh, somebody blame for it mm-hmm. but the morals follow this trend of uh, Pepper Ann comes across some moral decision, makes the wrong choice, sees the consequences of that choice, and then makes things right. And it's usually relatable. I think they do a much better job of of connecting it to problems that you know teenagers and and young adults would actually have. Mm-hmm. The problem I you're have saying with it, much better than Doug. Yeah, better than Doug, and better than a lot of shows that try to do this moral thing. Yeah, but the problem that I have with it is that it's like really obvious how it's gonna turn out oh yeah a few minutes in (laughs) yeah yeah i I agree this is uh this is something that i tended to accept pretty pretty immediately um just because the 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 thing i I, i'm gonna say about this show you're gonna find is that uh, i I really liked it really yeah i thought this was a really good show i i think this is better than doug i i kind of didn't like it really well, I thought I was going to, and I think it just kind of, it was kind of samey. There were, they did nice things. They, they had some gimmicks in the later episodes, mm. I thought, uh, that kept things fresh and interesting. But I, I knew really early on in any episode kind of what the major beats were going to be. And it's not because I remember them. It's because it's really obvious. Are you, would you say that is not also true of Doug? It's true of Doug. I guess um, Doug is a little bit more spontaneous just because the town is so nuts. I think I think the big problem I have with Pepper Ann is that I don't like her as a character. Really? So, 
it, you know, we're going to compare her to Doug a lot. And Doug, you know, it, Doug is a kid who has issues with self-esteem, right? But yeah. every character in Doug has a problem. Mm-hmm. Here, Pepper Ann's really the only one who's deeply flawed. And you slowly come to realize that she's just not a good person. Um, I, I didn't get that from it. What I got is that we're seeing it through her eyes rather than anyone else's eyes. So, like, she she's the one who the wacky hijinks are centered around just because she's the most dynamic and the tomboy figure, sort of. She's the one that hijinks happen around because all of her problems are self-caused. But that that's that's the that's the drive of the show, right? She has to undergo this moral choice, make the wrong decision, and then come out the better for it. Like well, that, that's the thesis of the show. That's that's what that's what we're getting out of it. I guess I don't know. You don't have after, to like that. I'm just I'm just saying there's like a reason after, that it's like that. After four or five seasons, you kind of expect her to have been bettered already. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bit of discontinuity there. Um, I don't know. We we can talk about her character a little bit more succinctly once we get to the characters. But uh, what what sure. else do you have to say about the plot other than that or the production? You know, you know how you say like at the end of every episode she learns a lesson? Yeah. There are many opportunities within an episode for her to learn a lesson and she doesn't. That's true. It has to go it has to go over a tipping point before she finally gets it and I would have been ready for it two or three iterations before she actually does. Yeah, there Like there was there was an episode where they were doing like pranks on each other. Mhm. And everybody does a couple pra- everybody does a couple uh pranks. And they come to realize, oh, you know, these can actually hurt people. And she keeps going way longer <laughs> until, like, everyone's like, screw you, Pepper Ann. We're taking our ball and going home. Yeah, the, she she goes a bit over the top. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess I agree with that, like, gimmick to her personality. I'm not certain that it's bad, like, for the show. The the thing I'm trying to like blend like uh contrast it to is how Doug played out, which is mm-hmm. he would recognize his moral failings before they became an issue because he's so in his own <laughs> yes. head. Here and we have an extrovert. Well, here we have an extrovert who is going to solve their problems in this other way. Yeah. So like it's 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 consistent with who she is. It just might not be like I feel like it, you don't like the character because it's not someone you'd want to be around. Not, that is it. Not because she's a bad a, character. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with the way the character was expressed. I had a problem with that type of person. Yeah, you don't want to be around this person. Yeah. I I wanted to be around every other person more. Well, Milo, come on. You, you, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> like one of those <laughs> Dos Equis commercials, but he's like holding up a, like, I don't even know. I mean, he's present, but he's not really there. <laughs> He's definitely a character in the show, but I don't know how much more I can say about him. He's like Twister. He's like just like visiting from an alternate reality. <laughs> the rules of physics operate backwards for him. We're we're going all out of order. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, Which is fine. Like this okay. show kind of in it introduces elements uh, kind of all at once. No- nothing really exists in isolation. That's true. Like, even when Pepper Ann is alone, she's interacting with herself as another person. Well, that, that's a good way to, that's a good segue to talk about Pepper Ann as a character. So let's, let's, okay. di- let's dive right into that. She is, uh, she's voiced by, um, Kathleen Wilholt. Yeah. And she, she mostly has, like, actual, like, TV roles. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was on, like, and, Gilmore Girls and ER or something. Yeah, and in common Carton cast tradition, we don't pay much attention to those because we don't know much about live-action TV as much. Yeah, the real people? Real people whose feelings can be hurt? No, thank you. 
No, thank you. <laughs> I don't need those. Problems can't um, be wrapped up in 22 minutes. <laughs> what, what am I, standing in line? But, uh, <laughs> like, like you said, she, she's in, she's got this, uh, predisposition to kind of talking to her own reflection, which is sort of like Doug's writing in his journal, except that it, like, it's not like compiling the information that he's learned. It's, you're, now she's actively going into her moral choice, you know? Well, I compared it more to Doug's hallucinations. Oh, uh, no, you know what? That is what I meant. You're, you're she, totally she right. She has these solipsistic daydreams and occasional shape-shifting. Like, it, it's sometimes hard to tell if a scene's actually happening until she, like, gets eaten. And you're like, oh, no, no, this is one of her dreams. Yeah, I actually really like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. That's, that's pretty cool how it, like, just flips between the two. But, uh... Yeah. Um, I was trying like, to find the... What facet of her is being externalized in this mirror self? Because usually it's talking her into trouble. Occasionally, she will be going off the rails and the mirror self will be trying to pull her back. I was wondering if this was like a id ego, super ego sort of deal. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, like it's it's a nice way of depicting her stubbornness when Mm -hmm. she's trying to like it's it's almost like her brain trying to protect her from hard truths or when she's you know saying like is this going to be a problem and her reflection will be like it's fine everything's fine and then she'll go over the top and the the mirror self will be like "Eh, time to pull it back a bit champ i feel like this mirror self is her super ego trying to like protect her um I i kind of thought that it was her like confidence and self esteem yeah, but it, but it's uh, not that though because it flips the other way. Well, sometimes, like like sometimes it's like no, go ahead, do it. Like you said, like I, it definitely is context specific, uh, but it's generally pushing her against the direction that she knows she should do. So, like, I mean, it depends because uh, Pepperian is this interesting. Um, like your your main character, with the exception of maybe Doug, is usually going to be this pretty proactive, sort of off the walls. Uh, you know, high energy character. A lot uh-huh. of times, she's the voice of reason when any everyone else is freaking out. I didn't see that as much. Really? Can you can you cite an example? Yeah, like th- there's this episode where where Craig is like talking to her at for pizza or something. Like they all go out for pizza, and Craig catches them and goes with them. So it turns into an unintentional double date, and everybody mm-hmm. at school starts making a big deal out of it. And Pepper is just like, eh, we were just having we were just having a bite to eat. It's like not a big thing. Hmm. And I saw that a good number of times. I, I think that's not irrelevant to her character. I don't think that's a fluke. I I don't know. I see that as more of like somebody who is like thinks everyone's paying attention to her, and like is like has no real power to stop it. Uh, yeah. I I think you just maybe didn't watch the episodes in which that <laughs> happened. It's possible. I don't know. There was, when this, I, there was this one episode. There were, there were times where the world seemed to go crazy around her. Yeah, like um, everybody's kind of getting too into it. Yeah, and she kind of starts going crazy. Like there was one episode where everyone starts singing like it's a musical. Yeah. Um, And she like is like, what are you, what are you all doing? Yeah, she holds but, back a little bit in situations like that. But at the same time, that ended up being a dream because she got hit on the head. Okay, well, but like, let me let me cite this example. She uh she gets put in from the bench for like a soccer game and completely cleans up the soccer game. She's like a all star player, and people mm-hmm. are like, oh my god, you're so you're so good, like you're gonna be a star overnight. And she walks into school talking to Nikki and Milo and be like, I'm telling you, 
nothing, no one noticed me out there. It was a team effort. It was one for all and all for one. It's not a big deal. And then the entire <laughs> school rushes her and is like tearing her to shreds in sort of a, uh, but was like a, but was a, a she saying it with that sort of like oh no I'm not so great no no you it know, wasn't just, false modesty it it was every it was time sincere. for me it seemed like false modesty it, I'm I'm telling you with certainty it, it it she's she's more complex than that I guess so uh, I think you may have just not seen the the episodes in which that happened because it's less it's it's it happens less than the you know she is the the crazy one sort of thing okay but it's it's a significant amount of time. And hmm. that's one thing I wanted to talk about, like, you know, the mirror is kind of pushing her forward when she's reserved and pulling her back when she's too out there. I'm wondering if she, her personality is sort of flipping between id and superego, and then, like, the mirror is just the ego in between, kind of checking her. It's it's ba- it's definitely serving as a balance to her. It seems like it. Like, it's pushing her forward when she's too reserved and it's pulling her back when she's too outgoing. I, th- I think that's fair. I like that. Like, I, I don't know exactly how it is, because... Like we've been kind of alluding to, she's a little bit inconsistent, which I don't hate. Like that's that's <laughs> something that people can be. Yeah, it's, that's that's fine. I I I really enjoyed watching her. Like I didn't know what she was going to do in any given situation. Yeah, that that's definitely she, true, and that, that, that is the interesting part. She's a bit unpredictable. I, I as soon as like she committed to a course of action, I knew how things would unravel, but I didn't know what that course of action would be until she said it. Mm-hmm. And like you know, if Doug, if like if if someone walks up to Doug and is like, "Hey, man, like you're getting a little fat," he'll be like, "Ah!" and go into like this weird, like you know, monster terrorizing the city fantasy. You know, his mind will just kind of break. If someone comes yeah. up to Pepper Ann and is like, "Man, your hair looks kind of messy," and she's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't wash it." Like sometimes but she on... takes events in stride. Like she takes other people. She takes the actual feedback from other people in stride, but she has this imagined feedback from other people, and she's just like, oh, my life is trash. <laughs> Which, by the way, is an A-plus catchphrase. That's, that's not that's not bad. It seems like it belongs um, to Squidward, but it's not bad. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I think there's just a huge disconnect between her and reality, and I don't think it has to do with, like... It's not as huge like, as Doug. Like, l- this, like, is, yeah, this for- is not... This isn't in a setting... Which allows you to be, like, literally mentally ill and still walk around like you're fine. Like, yeah. she's just Doug, kind of overly imaginative. Doug has some kind of schizophrenia. It's, Pepper Ann it's has, something. like, ADD. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's a more measured, like, more socially acceptable thing that can exist in Pepper Ann's, in Hazelnut, but not, like... It's mild enough that you can be like, eh, girls will be girls. You, what are you, you, gonna do? you can't put a Doug in a, in a Hazelnut. And, like, have people not be like, there's something fucking weird with that kid. <laughs> He'd burn the place down. Yeah, he would just, like, crawl under, the, crawl under a bridge and, like, eat rats or something. He could not exist in that world. <laughs> what version of Doug were you I, watching? I don't know. I'm, like, thinking of Frankenstein or something. <laughs> I just got this image of, like, it raining and he was, like, just <laughs> mawing down and this rat carcass underneath the bridge with, like, a trench coat. I can coat. picture that in one of his illusion dreams i do want to see those two characters meet i i don't think they would be that interesting i think pepper ann would just kind of brush him off or totally steamroll him because pepper ann's friends are are pretty reasonable you know they are and like, they're, like they're not I, the you, most normal you know, people they're not the most normal i do like how reasonable they are yeah. uh, they, they've got some depth though um, yeah they're not so, yeah let's so let's talk about nikki i guess yeah nikki 
like you said, she's relatively normal. Normal. She's the she's relatively the normal. <laughs> and uh, Milo's relatively Garfield. It's true. Uh, no, but she like serves as the voice of reason. And like for me, the idea that I got as I was watching it is like, oh, this show is all about Pepper Ann like being wrong and making mistakes. So Nikki is like always ending up being right. And she helps Pepper Ann express what the lesson of the show is. But maybe you don't see it that way. Um, she's she's commonly right. She's the smart one. Like she she kind of has she's right as long as everything's going according to plan. Yes, because an interesting thing about her is that like she's a huge control freak. At least that was my approximation of it. Where mm-hmm. any any time anything is even slightly not okay. She kind of like berserks out and like screeches, does one of her like, does, does like a monologue where she just over inflates the importance of every little thing because it's not going according. It's, it's not according to plan, even if the plan is terrible. <laughs> she, um, yeah, so she's like the smart one. She has like esoteric, uh, interests and kind of creepy sometimes. She's a little bit creepy. You could almost see um, her having transferred in from Bluffington. Yeah, but she has this breaking point after which she just starts like losing it. Yeah. Which I like. Like that's a nice that's a nice shade to her character which allows her to exceed Pepperan sometimes and and that's what let Pepperan be the yeah, hero yeah, sometimes. But, but Pepperan is way more adaptable. You know, like, where we're treating these like D&D characters. Like she <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Nikki's more powerful, but Pepperan's got all the skill sets, you know, like but like, Nikki can deal with a situation as long as it's within her, her, uh... She's got a big hammer, but if the problem's not a nail, she's kind of lost. Yeah, I guess. But, but Pepper Ann can be like, alright, alright class, you have to, you have to make a, you have to draw a comic book for your, for your, you know, class project. She'll do that. Nikki will be like, I don't know what kind of thing to do. She'll do like a Tish from Weekenders moment or something like that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. She's not as the... Uh, she's high-strung, is what it is. She's not that's the creative. She is high-strung. And um, th- that actually gets backstory, if you don't mind me talking about it for a sec. No, go ahead. Is that the one with her uh, with her sister? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's one of the ones with her sister. It's actually one of the flashback episodes to when all three of them met. Oh. And it was pretty cool, because Pepper Ann was always kind of Pepper Ann. But Nikki used to be the class bully. And Milo really? used to be this, like, really well-collected, like, uh, dressed very nicely and handsome kind of shy guy. <laughs> and he, like, he, like, loved to read, and Nikki would beat him up every day. This is, like, yeah. first-grade stuff. Sure. And then it was eventually revealed that, like, Nikki is so aggressive and outgoing, like, in in, in that setting is because her, her sister is, like, the golden child. It's, it's a Helga Pataki and Olga Pataki situation. Yeah. It's the yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw an episode where, uh, like her older sister came home from college and, uh, and they, like, came to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, no, I always looked up to you. No, I always looked up to you. And it, but it was done through this whole metaphor of being afraid of, like, geese or swans. I forget. <laughs> she it is afraid really of swans, isn't she? It was really weird. Like, Pepper Ann's like, no, I totally know psychology. There was like, oh, there was one line that I wrote down. Oh, yeah. I, she says, um, I stopped off at Lloyd's discount psychology clothiers. Their prices are clinically insane. <laughs> Sometimes this channel will do that. Yeah. 
it's pretty um, good about it and so she's like oh no we i know how to conquer your fears we just have to do this this and this and then you know she's like no can you understand i hate my sister i mean swans i mean (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good yeah so that's a huge lampshade on that yeah it's very funny I, I like Nikki a lot, though. She, she, her, like, uh, you know, battle with keeping this rage inside her makes perfect sense given that sister drama. Yeah, like there's, there's, I like there's a good, her, there's a good reason that she's built up so much rage. Her three modes of like rage, normal, smart, and creepy. <laughs> I like all of them. I don't see how they all fit in the same character, but I like all of them. I see the two. I didn't see the creepy one. Um, she sometimes talks about like, um, what do we do with the? I can't, I can't even make up an example, but I know I or, saw or do her voice. This, I feel like this is sort of a life with Louis thing, though, where all the kids are reasonable compared to the adults. Yes, that is absolutely. Oh man, side side trip into side characters. The like teachers are insane. <laughs> They're all yep. these caricatures of teachers that are trying to be cool no these ones not. these ones are all straight from bluffington these are the yes. these characters can't we're ripped right away out, out of bluffington yeah there's the assistant principal who's mean to everybody there's the teacher who's trying to be super hip and cool oh my god that guy's the best i love him he reminded me of that uh that sensitive teacher in daria do you remember uh, I don't, him i don't remember much daria yeah he, he was like a one-off character from beavis and butthead in one episode and he just made the transition over to daria because he fit that like environment better yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah, it, or um uh hey arnold mr simmons yeah mr richard simmons no 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 that like that's about the same character though yeah um yeah i i think this like some of the other shows we've looked at has that whole as seen through the child's eyes it, yeah there's there's a lens there um although i would be accepting of the teachers just being that crazy. Like this show yeah. is more <laughs> off kilter than like in a realistic setting. It, it's not quite Doug levels of nuts, but it, like it's it's not a it's not a normal place. Hazelnut is not a normal town. Agreed. Um, especially when we consider her other friend, Milo Kamalani. Yeah, and that's uh, Danny Cooksey. Yeah, I love again. his voice. It's so good for every, every time I hear it, I'm like, that's a good voice for it. And only this time he's not shouting. He's just whispering sweet nothings into my ear. Right? <laughs> Everything he says feels like, feels like just, I don't know. I didn't How feel, can you put I, it? I didn't feel like there was a lot to this character, but I liked when he was there. Yeah, like, so Milo is sort of like the artsy, soulful, sensitive, not quite a guy guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he's... He's just, like, the guy that hangs out with the girls. You know that guy. Like, it's not like an explicitly, oh, he's such a gay guy sort of thing. It's just kind of like, he doesn't really fit in with the machismo crowd, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's got a little bit of a beatnik thing to him. He's He's got his own style, and it doesn't really mesh up with the times. Nothing about him meshes up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he's, he's consistent unto himself. Like, he's very... He is. He's very... Of the three main characters, I would say that he is the most, what's what's the word when you understand yourself? Passive? Self-aware? Self-aware. No, that's not it. Um, self-assured. Actualized? He's the most self-assured of the three. Yeah, absolutely. But here's, like... He knows exactly who he is. Pepperan is the dominant energy in, you know, every episode, and Nikki plays a strong role in, I would say, most episodes, like 70, 75%. Mm-hmm. Milo is just there 
mm-hmm. and has an important role in like five. Like he's he's there. He, he's not. I can't he's say not anything about him except that he's there. No. Yeah, he he's he's coming along for the ride, and he is the source of some like witticisms and some of the weird off kilter <laughs> sayings and not quite jokes that this show has. Yeah, I love the not quite jokes, <laughs> but the I don't consider him a character in the same way. Like, he's like I, th- I think I like deliberately looked up episodes in which he was featured prominently because he's he, <laughs> I agree he is very fun to listen to. There's this episode that starts out with him saying, why must my gender be the basis of me being denied from assemblage? And it's like, what the fuck did I just hear? <laughs> yeah, they all have their own ways of talking. Like, they each have different dialects. They do. Uh, he he specifically was talking about, he there was like a girls-only assembly, and for some reason he just fucking loves assemblies. <laughs> yeah, who does what a, what a funny little character trait. <laughs> I think that's so, that's, that's just so cute. <laughs> he is the supposit, not the supposit. <laughs> he is the depository of all the minor character traits that they couldn't fit anywhere else. He, he's like the, uh, he's like the <laughs> office guru, like to get the karma right for all the business leaders when they go to like, a, <laughs> like all, like Pepper Ann and Dietrich and, uh, or Dieter and like, uh, the weird teachers. They all like go to a, like a retreat to get their karma right. This is who's heading he, it. He does. He doesn't really go with the rest of the show, but he's good for the feng shui. <laughs> yeah, he ties the room together. Uh, but I mean, speaking like, look at his shirt. Yeah, isn't it like Picasso? I, the collar has a reversed color scheme from the rest of the oh, shirt. Oh yeah, it does. Doesn't have, it? It's it's minor, but have you ever <laughs> seen a shirt like that? Yeah, I think I kind of want a shirt like that. I mean, his, his the big the big cornerstone, the big sort of Thanksgiving dinner centerpiece is his, is his hat, from yes. from which he from which he assumes a dominant personality or something. Like he's he's not really a person without his hat, and it's like <laughs> like the hat's giving him like information. No, what no, do you mean? no. It's just like he, he do, his character doesn't work without the hat. It's like it's like Johnny and Plank or like Twister and the helmet. Like it's just. Right. He he starts to function less like a Milo when his hat's not around. Yeah. It, it's it's just like this little thing. But uh he he does get some of the best like funny lines in the show. <laughs> uh just to like talk about like we're not really talking about how funny he is. We're just kind of saying how much we love him. One example of him being funny in this really off weird, offbeat way. Like, he's not a stupid guy, but sometimes he'll say stuff that makes you question whether or not he's actually just stupid. Like, mm-hmm. uh, one episode starts out, and Nikki's like, remember you two were having a party this weekend. It's going to be my fourth year anniversary of... Like, she's leading her friends, and Milo just trips in, water? Like... <laughs> 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 it's like, just... Like I don't know. The, the line just killed me. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a lot of those. I like to call this... it a double take sense of humor. Like mm-hmm. I found myself rewinding just to convince myself that he actually said what he said. So Milo is one reason why I thought that the creators of this show like intended the show to be different or like wanted it to be for a, an older or darker audience. It it sort of feels like he wandered in from like a neighboring circus troupe or yes. something. <laughs> I like I like his weird specifically because he's so passive. Like that's not like you were saying he's only like five percent of the episodes. When he's there, he's understated, which makes all the like little funny nods that he says like just this really nice 
like uplift sort of like it it, yeah. it bounces the tone up a little bit from what could be like uh not devastating because it's not it's, show doesn't really do that but like it's dramatic it, it's a little bit more dramatically paced and, and has a um, bit more tension to it and he just like pokes a pokes a hole into that tension balloon really nicely well he's he, because he's not involved usually in the main action like if there's a conflict it's probably not somebody versus him it's not just that he's not involved like even when he is involved he's a very passive thing where his zaniness is not something that he that is drawn attention to it's not right he's not the joke no but the 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 thing that it makes it that makes it work is like you know, this whole idea of, of you know, Pepper Ann is so self-absorbed and she thinks everyone's looking at her even though nobody is. Milo shows that, like, not everyone's going to know what you're talking about. So, like, she'll be going on and on about how, oh, this and that, that it'll lead to that. And here's why I have to make up this crazy scheme. And he'll just chime in with something completely useless or, like, innocent, like, naively helpful. <laughs> <laughs> like, she'll be like... I don't know how to do this because this, because this, because this. And then he'll say, like, well, that problem can be solved with, you know, a mop or, you know, like he's addressing the least important part of a scene oh, yeah. <laughs> as though it will be helpful and solve the problem. Yeah, like, he's, he's missing like the big picture guy. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes he just gives kind of like, you know, self-actualizing metaphor pamphlet phrases. Sometimes he'll just be like, the real <laughs> problem is that you're not like seeing the true nature of the beast. It's- Man, man, do you not understand what you're talking about? <laughs> but like, <laughs> he just opened up a fortune cookie. But he's not like shouting his craziness right at the camera. Like the the one I was thinking of when I made this realization was, uh, mm-hmm. you know how I hated Go Go Dodo. Sure. Like he's wacky and he looks funny, but he's just shouting his craziness to the camera because he's the joke. He's the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. Milo doesn't do that. He when he's around, he's fun to watch because he's not annoying to watch. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and I just more subtly off in like a, a relatable way. Yeah. So um, I also so I is... also like uh, I also like this one. Of, I want to do one, another one of his quotes. No, go go ahead. Just because I, I thought it was very funny, which is uh, the episode with the soccer thing where Pep Rand causes them to win so much. For some reason, Milo keeps on showing up to the soccer games as like a cheerleader because <laughs> like just kind of like a fan in the stands, but he loves that they're losing. He, like, roots for them to lose every time with the most enthusiasm that you you could possibly, like, you think that he's rooting for them to win. He just happens to be rooting for them to lose, which which is, you know, there's there's some philosophical bullshit we can do on that (laughs) about the nature of winning and what's, you know, but but we don't have to. And this kid says this, he says this quote saying, like, why do you want us to lose so much? He says... Any team can win. It takes a whacked out bohemian team like you to hang with the losing vibe. <laughs> and you, wow. you just have to wonder like where his brain's coming from. And this is the kid who would be like universally shunned and picked on in actual middle school. Right. But he gets away with it because he's so innocent. He's innocent and most importantly, he's, he's in the background. Like you just, yes. you just, you don't worry about him. He's not getting in your, he's not in your way. He, he's a weird part of your day, but he's not in the way. <laughs> he's the best part of waking up. Yeah, it's Milo in your day. <laughs> Two scoops of Milo. The best part of waking up is my, the final character I want to talk about, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, the coolest, the indisputable coolest guy in the world. That he's such a minor character. I, I think it's so funny. <laughs> like everyone just agrees that he's the coolest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> it's a Cromarty High School type of dynamic. It is. Like okay, so. 
I want to explain this. They just all gathered around and like, okay, he's the cool kid, right? (laughs) He looks totally normal. Like one day they were handing out placards of like high school stereotypes. Yeah. You're going to be the, you're going to be the spaz. Like you're going to be. You're the fat guy. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, German kid. Sorry, German kid. You're both the stereotype of a different culture and the fat guy. (laughs) Oof. Rough trade. And then, like, this one guy who happens to have, like, really stringy hair and just happens to be wearing sunglasses and kind of a deep hey. voice. It's like, okay, coolest person in the world. And I want to relate to want a how... cigarette? <laughs> I want to relate to the audience how awesome it is that everybody treats him like this. Because uh, this is one of those Doug moments where, like, the world specifically stops making sense for this character. It's yeah. almost a cousin Skeeter, in fact, where, like, just the world kind of bends around him. Which is... They'll all be doing something like it's usually at the end of an episode where everyone's kind of like acknowledging the fact that we learned something, you know, like, you know what I learned today, guys? And, um, and everyone's kind of saying all, all of it worked out fine. Um, and then this guy, Craig Bean, will show up and he'll be like, hey, Pepperin. And literally the entire school falls silent, you know. You can hear a pin drop. All the teachers, like, cover their mouths and are wide-eyed with anticipation. And he'll <laughs> always say the same fucking thing. Just replace a noun. He'll just be like, nice hair. Or nice uh, nice advice. Or something like that. <laughs> and yeah. just, just nice blank. And it's so funny how everyone, including all of the men, swoon over this incredible... Like, this totemic spirit he's just yeah, it's, the, it's really incredible the worst characters in this show are the best characters in like, this show. there's nothing to him that would suggest that he's really cool other than the show plays it like that yeah perception's everything i guess so and like can you do you agree with me that that is a very funny thing for the show to do yes and i think that happens a lot in this show like people are the way you expect them to be and how other people treat them Mm. it's it's the classic high school like oh that kid was a nerd last year let's continue to say he's a nerd let's not actually pay attention to like what he what his deal is well the the nice thing about this high school is that the tables are balanced there's like some popular kids and there's some nerds it's not as though they're shunned they just have their own group and they all hang out and sometimes the power dynamic flips so Mm -hmm. it's it shows a variety of situations, and I do like that it it handles them like it solves them in a pretty reasonable way. Yeah, which is a good way segue into the the tone and genre, which is that it's it's much yes. more. It is a much more like we've said it before, but we might as well state it outright. This is a more relatable, more reasonable, more realistic setting than Doug, even though it's yes. the same sort of plot arc. Yeah, and I think the realism of it makes it sometimes awkward and uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like the drama comes from the fact that, like, you know, it's all going to come crashing down. Um, <laughs> and I wish that it had, you know, any given situation ended sooner. Like I said, um, mm. because a lot of the, you know, tension and like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Like, it's it felt uncomfortable to me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I felt a couple of like I actually did, you know, my classic, you know, oh, sex scene in a TV show I'm watching with a friend, I need to go up and wash my hands for five minutes. Like, I did my, one of those classic things. I, like, saw an awkward moment and I, like, fast-forwarded for two minutes. And yeah. It, I didn't think it came up that much. Like, uh, uh, there are other shows which are way worse offenders. Of that. Like, yeah. Tom well, Goes to the Mayor did that for me. This one Yeah, absolutely. But for me, it was, oh, this character made a mistake, they don't recognize that it's working against them, and they just dig in and keep going. 
Oh, yeah, it's sort of cringy, like, no, I know how to fix everything. Quit <laughs> digging it. Step away, I'll take care of it, I'll bail you out again. Ah, Pepper Ann, just tag me in! <laughs> I'm open, I'm open! <laughs> just put Milo as the main character, it'll work out. Oh, no, Zane, Milo as the main character, right. completely, like, he would... Yes, yes. He would, like, disintegrate. He's like, yeah, just evaporate from existence. <laughs> that doesn't... Um, not a thing that happens. And that's, that's the other thing about this show that um i think you touched on the the best lines and the best visuals are just kind of shown and then we move past them yeah it doesn't Um, stop like the exposition the plot action it's it's making mistakes fixing them learning a lesson it sounds as though you appreciate the pacing of the show i do i I think it's very regular and i think the background gags and like one-liners that we just kind of keep like keep talking past almost mm. are the best parts. Yeah, the characters never stare at you and are like, do you get the joke? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no cheap in the big city stuff with that because that's not what the show is doing. The show has uh, yeah. comedy. It is not a comedy show. The stuff that they, um, you know, don't draw attention to, I liked a lot. Mm. Uh, but I did get the sense, like I said earlier, that they wanted maybe something a bit older or a bit more... I don't know, more dynamic, more varied. Right. Well, this is where, like, the slice-of-life genre started picking up steam in pop culture. And yeah. I think it's one of the better examples of it, but, like... It is. They, it was still kind of finding its feet, I guess, and it didn't couldn't really transition over completely from, like, cartoons that are supposed to be wacky, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's slice-of-life shows now where the characters can be crazy. Like, you have, oh, you know, this... This character is stupid. This character is dark and evil. This, like, I'm thinking, like, uh, you know, Parks and Rec or, or, like, any, any huge sitcom that's been making it big in the past couple years kind of has this, has this theming down. Yeah. And I feel like they hadn't hit that here, but they wanted to. I'm kind of glad they didn't. I, I find a lot of the. It wouldn't have been the same show. And I, I agree. I don't think they should have. I, I do like the parts that they kept in that felt like they were that like slice of life genre. How do you feel about it in general? Because the way you're we're describing it, it seems like this was like a halfway step toward that genre. And then you said like Parks and Rec, and I'm like, uh, no, thank you. I think I actually really dislike the genre, and I like this because it wasn't just that genre. It was like sort of version 1.0. It was like it was like old Google Maps, you know. My general feeling is, um, you know. Slice, I like, I like normal situations with crazy people, and I like crazy situations with normal people. That, that one appeals to me a lot more. Really? Yeah. I like that one. I'm, I'm, I'm like, as long as they're not both in the same direction, I'm fine. You like, which one better? Uh, crazy situations, normal people. That one's a bit more, like, like, interesting and engaging. Every Edgar Wright movie. (laughs) That's every sci-fi adventure ever. No, it's not. No, it's not. They're, they're you strictly get your normal within the, guy. They're strictly within you know, a sci-fi setting. That makes them sci-fi people. Um, I disagree, but this is not the time or the place for no, it. No, no, no. It's perfect time and place. Like, like, uh, imagine, like, um, let, let's contrast two things that are like parody, parodies of each other, and I think you'll see my point. Star Trek technically has normal people in that world. Galaxy uh-huh. Quest has the same <laughs> setting, but fucking Tim Allen is on board. Well, that's what I mean. Normal people in a crazy setting. Right, but like, Star Trek has normal people for the setting. Like, if you're in I a, don't, if you're in a sci-fi setting, 
you like accept that these these normies are within that setting. Okay, well then, then it's a, we have a difference of definition oh, okay. as to what normal normal counts as. I, I thought that's what you were talking about. Like uh, by normal, I no. thought you just meant reasonable within their world. Oh no, I mean reasonable within our world. I see, I see. Yeah, that's a bit Fair better. Enough. Um, you know what's not reasonable in this world? Mm. There is a school banner, um, in the background of an episode that they don't draw attention to that just says the words going to die what i think they're it's like a like a big banner like it part of it's cut off so i think it says we're going to die or like they're going to die well, i don't but... understand <laughs> the placement of this banner can you like d- describe what you said again so like they're in like a gym or an auditorium oh like it's, it's actually like, in the school yeah it's just like one of those like crescent shaped banners that's everywhere yeah. in high school shows mm-hmm. except but this one says going to die there's a ton of these. What the, I, I don't. That doesn't there's, mesh there, with my conception of Pepper Ann. There's a ton of like little uh, background stuff if you look for it. In the same way that there's these little like one-off lines if you look for them and listen for them. Uh, um, same, you know me. I, I like dark humor. This is not the place for it. I know. This is quirky humor. This it doesn't work with dark humor. Well, that's why. I, that's too, what I'm saying. The tone is too jovial. It's it's not like. It's not morbid enough. Like, but if you were to put like a bander saying "going to die" in like the tick, sure, why not? <laughs> and they can pull it um, off. It's yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing that made me think that they wanted to make it a little darker or like hide something in there for the older crowd. But maybe I agree. It do- it doesn't fit. The uh, yeah. That I mean, they they were pretty hamstrung by the the you know the uh, regulations of uh, of the time and their their own Y seven rating. There's this one episode, and this this segues really nicely into the other facet of the show I want to talk about, which is the fact that it centers on a girl. Um, there was once one episode uh, where Pepper Ann gets her first bra, and then flashes mm. the whole class, <laughs> and they're like, like this this episode was actually pretty controversial because, like, dude, it's Y seven, you can't you can't do that. Um, right, and it's pretty mild, but like. That's the sort of thing that you're dealing with in this show. You're not dealing with like, oh, some kid is c- contemplating suicide. Ha ha. <laughs> what a funny joke. Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> Quit threatening yourself. You'll never jump. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'll... See, Zane, this <laughs> podcast is one of those shows. You see what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but that, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Like it's, it's a weird place to put it, that sort of that sort of background event. But so you say that the show like it's a huge deal that she's a girl because it's it's this so. weird thing because the female well, it's, characters it's more in the unique. show the 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 main female characters in the show tend to be tomboys, but there is a difference between having a tomboy girl be a main character versus a boy being the main character. I think I've never seen like, uh, you know. Oh, I don't know. Where's the Where's the show where you have like an, uh, a really feminine guy being the the protagonist without being like a gay stereotype? Uh, yeah. Although I'm kind of curious about what shows do that as well. <laughs> um, I'm curious feminine about guy that. as a main character? Hmm? Not a, not a ton. I can't think of any. Like I'm thinking like uh, Timmy's kind of a whiner, you know. I I, I can't think. Like all I hear is uh, all I think of is like immature whiners. I don't think like. Oh, you know who? Uh, uh, Tino Tarant- Tarantino in in the Weekenders. Although that's not, it's like one of four main characters. 
Right. Yeah. So that's 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 one example. Um, Zach Braff in uh in Scrubs. I think that's yeah. I think that's a good example we can go for. Yeah, like I, I guess that's not underrepresented, but like what I'm saying, it, it's not so much that the fact that she's a girl is important so much as you never see a show with a girl protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that that was this this show was kind of a a bigger hit with you know young girls. That was the that was the targeted demographic. I mean, it came came from a girls' magazine. There you go. And you know, I I think it's I think it's really nice. How, like, I could, I, I, as a young male, could watch this and be like, oh, here's a young girl I can relate to with a bunch of these problems and a bunch of these, like, moral decisions. And, like, it, it's not just as though girls are, like, this just wind-up toy I don't understand. No, they're, they're, they're thinking, too, you know. And they, they wonder. They, <laughs> Sometimes overthinking. They're confused, you know. They're confused just like me. Yeah, and it also wasn't a, a Kim Possible situation where you're really rooting for Ron. <laughs> Ron's the hero, <laughs> uh, or or a situation where like the girl is completely unattainable and unbelievably unbelievable, such as to be totally unrelatable. Yeah, it, it's dehumanizing in either direction. Yeah, exactly. This this is a very human character, and I would be very interested to hear how a girl related to uh, to to this show. Like if if seeing this you know, regular girl in this regular setting that in which she's not a ninja is, you know, makes her makes you feel like maybe you have uh, maybe maybe feels like makes it feel like your problems are not so unique, you know? Yeah, I, I can definitely imagine it doing that. And I sometimes forget when we're watching cartoons, the audience that they're aimed for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'm like, like, oh, this character was so inconsistent. I was like, well, it's consistent enough for when you're ten. Like, yeah, like no, that's that's totally. I don't know why I worry. Yeah, no, and she's twelve years old. Twelve year olds are inconsistent. Like sometimes I would just be a moody jerk. Like mm-hmm. other times I would be totally withdrawn and shy and nice. You know? And she does play that. Uh, she plays that well. I think that diversity of experience. Because if you're trying to, well, it fuels so many plot lines. Like if you were to make yeah. a main character out of one of the three of these, she's the one to do it for. She's the most dynamic. Right. Well, I think the the you know the bigger issue there is that Nikki and Milo are fairly consistent in the way that they act, and Pepper Ann can go in a lot of different directions. Like you said, she can well, that's handle what I mean a lot by of dynamic. A lot of different jobs, and so you know, different kids watching this will each have their own episode where they remember it, and they're like, "Man, that's just like what happened to me." Yeah, you can relate to any bit of it. You, you ever like? hear somebody saying like oh my god this song speaks to me this is like so my song it's just so <laughs> like like uh, congratulations you figured out the, the 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 definition of good art like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, good art is where you can kind of imprint your own meeting on it depending on your circumstances your environment growing up and and, and pepperana yeah. is a good character to do that with fair enough yeah so uh yeah I, i'm done with tone um let's talk about animation yeah, so the animation is actually another place where the the funniest parts are in the background. Like I said, with the uh, going to die banner, yeah, like that's funny to me, but like not um, within the con- like not while I'm watching the show. There, there are there are other things that fit much more neatly into this show. Mm. Like there's a beautifully painted mural that just says "Mural Awareness Week," <laughs> and a chalkboard in one classroom says "Math plus Math equals Science." Fucking. <laughs> which has a lot of problems in it. <laughs> and again, these are things that are not 
you don't draw attention to them. <laughs> I'm having, I'm having a hard time to like form sentences. <laughs> like even if so you weird. like even if you did like algebra and had each one of those letters representing a number, it it, it still couldn't work. Oh like wayside There's too many, side, there's too many sideways letters algebra from wayside school. Oh, so good. Yeah, you, you know that thing. Yeah, like sideways stories from wayside school came out with like this book that like follows the characters around, but they make you do math problems in the style of this bonkers school where up is down, left and right, and uh, cats taste like dogs. It. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I was with you up until the. Did you know that the, they they um saying I'm super proud right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wayside School had a uh, an animated TV show. I could only find the first episode, but it was really fun. <laughs> Cats taste like dogs. You're awful. <laughs> no, like, um, that's a good super. Like I'm not to pat myself on the back. You can cut this out. I, I like the. I like that. You know, think like you're following along, and then you hear like, and cats something like dogs. It's like you think you heard it right. <laughs> Act like dogs. No. No, no, no. It's like a phrase, like, it's raining cats and more cats. Yeah. It's raining cats and men. <laughs> You're good at this. Yeah, um, yeah I love... Uh, uh, Sticking like, your like, thumb and turn into a plum. Like, where... <laughs> I, I don't remember where I heard it first, but uh, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I, I, I like, say that I, all the time. Me too. They're great. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't don't call me on it. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I I have this friend in Texas who like when I when I showed up and like was talking to him again, I would say those like, uh, those those sort of non oquil non <laughs> I like that. Uh, and yeah, like and, and he was just like, man, I like don't talk to anybody who talks like you anymore. I'm like, that's because I don't talk like anybody. <laughs> like, I think that's a really important ability to foster so that you're not, mm-hmm. all your conversations don't follow the same, like, pattern. And, you know, like, you know who's a really good mentor for that? You know who's a really good person to shadow to try to kind of pick that skill up? Fucking Milo. Yeah. He does that all the time. <laughs> Start a sentence, end a different one. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. It's like, why do I have to skip out on the joy that is assemblage? I would like to have right. gone to that assembly. Like, there's there's a better way to say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> there's a less circuitous way. Yeah. No, the, what I'm saying is that is the better way, is the more circuitous way. Yeah, I, I, I got you. Yeah. 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 Um, what it's else great. about the animation? So uh, it's, it's pretty standard Disney fare for the most part. Um, there's two things I wanted to point out. One of them I think is more interesting to the uh, to the narrative. I'm going to proceed with the less interesting one of the narrative, which is just that I really like the character costume. Okay. I thought they had that a really appealing flair to them. They were unusual. Like, there was there there was no classic like pants shirt combo. No, there was. There was. I mean, not on the main characters. No, like, they, they they wear the same. Are you saying like standard? They always wear the same clothes because they do. No, no, they always wear the same clothes. But it, like Pepper Ann has this like skirt. And like this, not quite midriff thing. Yeah. And then Nikki is constantly wearing a sweater. Like, doesn't she have like an around ascot her or something? I don't. I no, don't no, know. no. You're right. It's around the waist. And then we've already gone through Milo's shenanigans. Half Rastafarian. Yeah. Something. Why not? <laughs> he and Grim yeah, would get so along th- great. It, it's not your. You know, like think about uh, these, these people are not wearing like. Oh, this character's wearing pants and a shirt. Th- like, yeah, no one's ignore. like that. But, like, this is another thing that Doug does, which is just, it helps kind of, like, 
it makes the character special. You know, yeah, think like, about uh, like Skeeter. He's got like a lightning. He's got a flash shirt before it was cool, and parachute <laughs> pants, <laughs> and Air Jordans. Like, like it's uh, really cool. <laughs> it's it's like Hey Arnold, where Arnold is wearing a shirt, but everyone thinks it's a kilt. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's it's this little difference that makes it stick out much better. Yeah, there's two ways that cartoons can kind of do the standard costume thing, and this way, like you can't go totally nutso with it because then it just kind of looks garish. Mm-hmm. But to have that much personality in the costume kind of kind of sells the character to me a little bit harder. Yeah, like like Timmy. Timmy's an average kid, and I don't like that about him. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I do in, in a lot of ways, but like the only thing special about his outfit is the little pink hat. He's he's pretty exactly. boring. He's pretty boring looking for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I just when you look at Pepper Ann, it's like ah, oh, such style. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, she's one in a million. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about the animation mm-hmm. is that they get pretty creative and varied the way that they represent her um, her inner monologue. Yeah, it's usually a mirror, like, which I thought was very... I actually thought it was very consistent how it usually is a mirror. Well, like a it's reflection. sometimes a mirror, but like sometimes she'll be like drawing with a pencil and then the pencil drawings start moving around or stained glass becomes a crystalline pepper Ann, or a video game has her heavily pixelated. Yeah. Like, I mean, you always get what's going on. You always get that. It's a soliloquy. Oh, yeah. You, you know, it's a soliloquy, but it's, um, you know, they show it differently. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like that's, and you know, I would have been fine with them just showing reflections the whole time. It's cool that they, it's cool that they vary it up, but I don't think it's, you know, well, I don't think the, it was, the, uh, what I point. like about the fact that they varied it up is that it made her reflection less of a um less of an actual character. Like in like you said, like it's not a consistent hey go do this or hey don't do this. Mm-hmm. It it goes back and forth to counter her. Yeah. And so like it makes it so that like Shadow Pepperan is not a Shadow character Anne. with its own person with its own personality. Like it's just a reflection of how she feels at the time and if she's focusing on you know, clouds in the sky and the clouds turn into her. Well, that, I mean, that's fitting. It, it gives her her more, it gives her her moral crisis. And there, there, yeah, you might be right in that, like, not making the moral crisis self sort of its own character. Like, maybe, maybe making that kind of its own, making Shadow Anna character might have been undercutting the point of those dialogues. Right. So you might, you might have a point there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. You you sold me um, on that idea, because um, I was initially I'm like, eh, this should really be a character, but you got me. There's one other thing I want to talk about in animation, and that okay. is that, uh, you know, there's you know some moments in which she will reality shift into a uh, Doug Funny esque, you know, hallucination, mm-hmm. and it's seamless. It's, it's, it's entirely it's really fluid. It's incredible. That's why it's, sometimes I'm not sure if it's happening. I, that's the best. Like, I mean, just I, I think it's really good. Putting aside the fact Could, that, like, you know, uh, it's just really, it's, it's really nice to kind of put the audience off like that. Like, you know, like you wonder where the real and where the fake is. It also kind of underlines that she's having an identity crisis and might not know which, she, she might not know what is true and false anymore. It's like, she's kind of, she's pacing between these two moral extremes usually, and she, she doesn't know which is the right way, and it, it's, 
it emphasizes yeah. that it it would have been so easy to do like a like shimmer the screen kind of effect mm-hmm. and and then just like reset up a situation yeah you could and i'm you glad could i'm glad Newman they, this like yeah. into a into the fantasy side really <laughs> easily i'm i'm glad that they you know put in the extra effort to make it feel like it was actually happening and then you have to go back and be like wait okay so this is when that scene stopped yeah. being real. you don't I know when the weird parts <laughs> Started. I have to remember what was going on beforehand, yeah. and the fact that they do it without losing you is pretty impressive, especially considering the target audience. Yeah, it's because Pepper Ann doesn't know when she's going overboard in his in her imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she, everything makes sense to her up until the point at which she snaps out of it. <laughs> so that that, yeah. that was really cool. I I really appreciated that animation it, Me too. in a way that I didn't really appreciate the music. There was not a lot of music. This is probably the worst part of the show, in, in my opinion. There's, there's like a couple of mood-setting notes at the beginning of a like a hallucination or an emotional. See if shift, you can find really not... there. See if you can find a part where there's like a few trumpet notes and then a marimba roll. Yeah, yeah, they Wah. do. They do that Wah. a little bit. Wow, they do that all the time. Yeah, it's 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 the Mega Man theme song of of this show. <laughs> it's just it just doesn't fit gone. everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. It, so, like, it felt like there was less less attention paid to the music in this show. Um, what about the intro? Yeah, we of course I would have to talk about the intro. This is great. The intro is fine. It's, the intro is oh, it's doing good fine. work. Superb. Why didn't they, you know, extend this into the actual show's music? Well, like, you mean just um, like have a uh, have a repeat have... of the intro music in the show? No, I mean like just like have the same level of craftsmanship throughout all the audio. Like, the audio department showed up on the first day, <laughs> killed it, and then all but one of them got fired. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're overstaffed. <laughs> the intro was too good. The, uh, the, the um, coolest it's actually sung by Pepper Ann herself. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Like, I, I didn't even fact check that. I just kind of noticed it one time. And I'm like, that's the same voice as Pepper Ann. Th- that's such a... That's so beautiful. <laughs> the sort of whiny, nasally, like, I was going to say, this is not a voice yeah. actress, you know? Yeah. It's sung in the it, style of a regular-ass person. It really puts it into the... a Doug sort of mood. And, like, her voice almost cracks? Like, this is a person who's going to go through puberty? Like, it's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And this sort of introductory where she's, like, this superhuman Amazon warrior. <laughs> That's so cool, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, really, really good. Not, and not you can see that she's like, it, it's almost as though her voice is like her, her is like Shadow Anne kind of talking her ass up. Yeah, it sets up, it, it sets you up if you've never seen the show, what the show will be. Because she has this fantasy, she gets lost in the forest because she wasn't paying attention, mm-hmm. and then she hangs out with her friends and gets in trouble. Like, mm-hmm. that is easy to express in this music video yeah she gets a detention slip but it's okay because her friends are there and she found mardi gras beads under the desk like you know everything about that you need to know about this character going in she's aloof (laughs) but spirited yeah it's great she she has she found the letter q what was that one of them yeah letter she got a lot of weird stuff as it went on (laughs) weird couch gag all right collapsible dildo so uh that's not that didn't happen you can go ahead and cut that one out uh <laughs> i don't think i will okay yeah and you know what B- uh, besides those two things about the music that is all i have about pepper Ann. yep um mm-hmm. more more than i thought we would have but yeah like at, at the end of the at the end of the day it is children's 
educational, like morally morally educational. It's not, not edutainment. Like, hey guys, Venice is in Italy, and so is Rome. <laughs> Wacky. Yep. Um, and and this is how you can get free money from the government. <laughs> Damn it. Um, no, but it's it's like hey, like if be honest with people and they'll forgive you when you mess up. Try not to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A good message for the kids that I wish they would listen yes, to. Don't be a dick. It's, like, pretty easy. <laughs> it is, like, rule number one in every honor code. You know what? It's really not, though. Like, uh, uh my personal honor code, and I've, I've kind of refined this over the years to the point at which is, I don't really care if you're naughty or nice. Um, let me try again. I, <laughs> you better not cry. <laughs> you better not cry. Too many end jokes. <laughs> we're doing so just we're just festering in our own crapulence. Um. Okay. So, oh, what the fuck was I saying? Yeah, I don't really care. You don't care if they're not. Yeah, let me phrase that differently. I don't really care if you're mean. Uh, you're like a good or bad person in general, because it impacts my life very little. In mm-hmm. general, what I care about is if you're fun to be around. If you're interesting. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. You know, I've I've dealt with people i hate yeah i'm like but oh as this long is a really good people... person and he's the most annoying person i've ever met time for me to get out of here yeah as long as they're like a horrible person in a fun way or like an like if somebody disagrees with me really strongly but it's a perspective that i've never heard before i still want to listen even if it's a perspective that i've heard before but like you know, like they can phrase their 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 own interesting reasons for believing that perspective like that's yeah it's still interesting and it's not even about yeah. disagreement it's whether like I'm, I'm talking about like straight out malicious personality types. <laughs> like, just, just not nice people. People whom are actively going to like, like, like their mannerisms just bring down society as a whole sort of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I could have like this friend who is like going out to bars all the time and just trying to hook up with chicks, and that's like that's not a good person in my eyes. But I might like talking to them anyway because they're interesting in this other sphere of their life. Right. You know. Remember, kids, it's important to get a diverse perspective on issues. Just because you feel one way doesn't mean somebody else will. You see, nice diversity. (laughs) I am a diverse individual. (laughs) I am a sex person. (laughs) Yeah, and that's all there is to Pepper Ann. I mean, that's not all there is to it, but, you know. That's that's all there is. <laughs> that's most of it. Like, I, I, we hit everything. I really like this show, I think, more than Doug. Like, I appreciated what Doug was, but I didn't enjoy watching it. I enjoyed watching Pepper Ann. This, this was easier to watch, easier to go down. Yeah, it's smooth. Um, I don't know, I don't know that it was better, but it was smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we, we don't have to agree on whether it was better or not. Uh, we both... We don't care if it's naughty or nice. It's just... <laughs> and coming up next is... Uh... Yeah, we're going to check out, uh, for our bootleg segment, we're going to watch um, A Scanner Darkly. Yeah, what the hell is this thing? I still really don't know. It's by Philip K. Dick, only at- adapted because Hollywood loves his stories <laughs> and loves the money from them. Yeah, I- I'm curious to see how this one turns out. Uh, it's it's Blade Runner starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah, with the weirdest animation style since Tom Goes to the Mare. This is uh, and what's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and what's the weird animation style after that? Yeah, like we're going to do another anime again because... Uh, cool. Yeah, it's been a while, so uh, I it's my turn to choose ostensibly and i have to- chosen to do a something from the harem genre which 
audience, you must know that we're going to treat this with the utmost respect and dignity that it deserves. We're sensitive mofos. <laughs> we're, we're sophisticated as hell. And <laughs> we are going to be sophisticated as hell about the, uh, the interromantic dynamics of Tenchi Muyo. The original player. <laughs> when I th- when I think j- shy Japanese kid, I think player. <laughs> I did you know that there I are saw... seven women for every male in Japan? That can't be right. It's not right. <laughs> Great, <laughs> but um, that's how every that's how every yeah, harem genre that's, operates. That's how it's treated. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I haven't. I think I might have seen an episode of this. If I recall, it has something to do with different dimensions. I, I feel like I remember something happening with a dimension swap. Uh, I, I think it, there's no secret here that we are both probably inherently disdainful to the genre because it's just so pandering and little else. But it does yeah. deserve a look because of how prevalent it is in anime in general. Yeah. like And, and you know, there, 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 are some, there are some things that we won't touch there. Like, uh, we probably won't do a hentai show very soon. But Load like... up your fanfic cannons, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, go on DeviantArt and see what you can send to the Carton cast. <laughs> we'll, we'll mail you a bucket of our spit. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> I feel like our prizes have gotten worse. <laughs> it's, it went from, like, an egg to, like, too many eggs. And now we're just going to spit on them. I don't remember this. I don't remember this prize structure as well as you do. <laughs> the Carton Cast never send us things. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to stare too hard, or we'll stare back. Yeah, and so like the, the the harem genre is representative of a subculture, which bears you know it bears a look, and we'll try yeah. to keep as open a mind as we can fathom. And I'm sane. I just kind of zoned out for a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I was talking a lot. I was trying to come up with a Miloism, and it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, my, Milo's a Milo's a laconic ass <laughs> lacon. He's actually not. I don't know why I said that. Hey, I like laconic phrases, but that is not what he does. He does hey, what is it? Purple prose. Is that what he, it's called? He just has words. He... Yeah, he's got some words. He's willing to share them with us. He's not picky about the order in which he sends them. If you're not picky about the order in which you send us words, um, <laughs> let us know on you're Facebook. You're in a game. Your segues are like three-wheeled today. <laughs> yeah, I I like segues. <laughs> Guys, it's 1130 at night. <laughs> Come for the gimmicks. Stay for the segues. Leave because of the segues. Segues. So yeah, oh, if you if you want to send us a segue, <laughs> nice um, if you want to send us a segue, we are located <laughs> on the Facebook. <laughs> if oh. you send us a segue, we will send you. We'll <laughs> <laughs> send you a bucket of spit. <laughs> it's the only way you can get your bucket of spit to evolve. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot. Actually, there is a comment that I wanted to write. Uh, read off. Comment. So I, I set up this um this this sort of comment box in my office. I'm not expecting anyone to comment on it, and you know, you, you get grad students in who are like, "Oh, here's a piece of paper that got set up by a person whom I know personally, and I joke with all the time." It's probably something I can just write whatever the hell I want on it. <laughs> so my comment is from my friend Mark, who said, "Pepper Ann, 
I barely even know Anne. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's quite a joke. Yeah. Th- thanks, Mark. Mark, you're, 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 thanks, Mark. <laughs> you're going to keep an eye out for a bucket of spit. <laughs> keep an eye out for a bucket of spit. Cause that's How long get. would that take to fill? I, you know what, I've got, I feel like I have this problem where I produce t- too much saliva, and, and if you want to, if you want to, if you want to mail us a bucket of spit, uh, you can, you can give us a comment on our Facebook page, uh, you can go to our website, www.cartoncast.com, and above all, you can tell your friends about the show so they can listen on too. Uh, don't forget that our Cartoni Awards are coming up, so if you do have a category you want to send to us, such as most uh, unreasonably enjoyable show or most um, most fantastic setting, like most unrealistic setting, then uh, go ahead and, you know, either said, say so on the Facebook page or we actually set up a page where you can just drop any sort of contest variety, like a uh, contest category in on our website. Just go ahead and click on the suggest. It's right next to the Suggest a Show page. You can be like, hey, the Cartoni Awards. I'm going to tell them something about something. And then we'll hear something about something. Hey, Ben. Nice ending. Mädchen aus dem Turnunterricht? Nein, das bin ich. Oh. Wer ist sie und warum kriegt sie ein eigenes Lied? Wer hat mal Brotzeit geklaut? 